Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about eight movies that I am anticipating their arrival in the year 2023. Now, I should have done this January 1st, but I don't think this podcast existed on January 1st, so I wanted to get to it as soon as possible. So, 2023 has a lot of highly anticipated movies coming out. Some of them I'll mention in an honorable mention, and but the eight that I'm mentioning here are not necessarily the eight best movies or the eight that would be considered the most anticipated for a large majority of people. This is specifically the eight that I anticipate that I'm looking forward to seeing. Now, does that mean I'm going to see these in the movie theater? Probably not. I've talked about in previous episodes. I think if you take away taking my kids to see the Star Wars movies, I've probably seen two movies in theatrical release in seven years. I typically will wait and watch them streaming. And I'm not even the type to buy videos on Amazon or Apple. I just wait till they're streaming on one of the outlets. All right, so let's just get to it. Number eight is Killers of the Flower Moon. This is Scorsese's movie. This movie keeps on getting pushed back, and I'm not sure why, but it does have Leonardo DiCaprio as a lead and it's essentially an investigation of murders at an Indian reservation in the past. Now, I'm not the biggest Scorsese fan. I I won't go run and watch his over his opus, his works. Uh, I, there are certain ones that I do love like like let's say Wolf of Wall Street or Goodfellas of course, Casino, but as a whole, it's not anticipated for me for Scorsese. It's anticipated because it's a DiCaprio movie, and as such, those are still kind of like with Tom Cruise movies. There's only a few movie stars, and when they do a movie, because it's so rare that you go see it. So I am anticipating that one. The period and the genre of it, I'm not really that into compared to some of these other ones, but it definitely will be a movie that I've seen, because I've honestly seen probably every DiCaprio movie, probably aside from Blood Diamonds. Number seven. It's going to be Ferrari. Ferrari is by Michael Mann, the famed director, and probably most famous for Heat, maybe Collateral. And it stars Adam Driver as the titular character Enrico Ferrari. So it's a bio movie, but you're looking at top-notch talent. Michael Mann is an incredible director. He's an acquired taste. Of course, not everybody likes his work, but when a man movie comes out, it is anticipated. And Adam Driver, as I talked about in my episode on Adam Driver, is the best American actor under the age of 40. He is an incredibly good actor, so I'm anticipating that. Number six is going to be Barbie. Now, I've talked about Barbie in the episode I did on how our girl from Australia, Margot Robbie, is managing her career very well. I think it was like episode six. So this is her big 2023 movie. It has Ryan Gosling uh, playing Ken, and it has Greta Gerwig as the director, probably most famous for Little Women and Lady Bird. And it's co-written by her and Noah Baumbach, her partner. And he's famous for, I don't know, Squid and the Whale, Marriage Story, does tons of movies. He's, he, both of them are very kind of upper, 
upper Manhattan elitist types. I would probably hang out with Alec Baldwin quite a bit. But I'm I'm interested in this because Margot Robbie is not getting a lot of heat for the tanks that were Babylon and certainly Amsterdam, who are both done by very well-known directors. But this movie is really her first movie that is not IP. I mean, I guess you could say Barbie is IP, but you take away like Suicide Squad or, or Harlequin, the Harlequin movie, that was previous IP. And it, this is her first real movie where she is the lead and it's not IP. So we're going to see if she can deliver. And just knowing Greta Gerwig's kind of sense sensibilities, it'll be interesting to see what this movie is really like. If you've seen pictures of it, it looks fascinating, but we'll see. So I'm anticipating that movie. Number five is going to be Air. And really, Air, I wanted to put higher up. But Air is about the founder of Nike. And it's played by Ben Affleck. This is a Ben Affleck-directed movie. So this is his first, I want to say, movie that he's directed since Live By Night. And, of course, he's, you know, he's. I would say he's batting three for four on his directorial movies. When he did Gone Baby Gone, that's seen as a good movie. And then he scored with Argo, of course, and with The Town, which is an amazing movie. And Live By Night was not that good. So it's interesting. We'll see. So this is also the recoupling of uh, Affleck and Damon. They just did Last Duel, which I thought was a great movie. Ridley Scott movie did not do well in the theaters and did not do well in terms of Academy. But they had written that. That was their first writing reunion since Goodwill Hunting and of course they both starred in it Damon took the lead in that and in this movie Damon and Affleck are acting in it Affleck is the director and it's about the the essentially it's focusing on how Nike was able to in particular Phil Knight the the founder of Nike was able to sign Michael Jordan to uh, a Nike contract, and therefore later, of course, we would have the Air Jordans that were iconic. So I just love Affleck and Damon. You guys know this, given that I've talked about Goodwill Hunting on a standalone episode, and May and I, our first versus series was Affleck versus Damon. So that should be coming out. Uh, Affleck versus Damon is going to come out right after the Tom Cruise filmography finishes, so in two and a half weeks. So I'm looking forward to that because I love those those guys. Number four is going to be Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is going to be about the physicist Oppenheimer that was in charge of the Manhattan Project. So this is going to take place in the 30s and 40s. That eventually the Manhattan Project led to the creation of the atomic bomb. This is a movie that stars Cillian Murphy, but it's got tons of people in it. Robert Downey Jr. It's good to see him in a post-Marvel role. It's got Matt Damon. It's got Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh. And it's directed by... Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Look, I, I, I don't know. I'm hot and cold on Nolan, just given on the moment. Uh, some of his movies I adore, and others of his movies I think are, are a little too convoluted. Either way, let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about the other feeds that we have here at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. We have The Awakened Man, which has been around since the spring of 2017, which mostly focuses on having men and women reach their full potential by knowing about toxins in the food, big pharma cover-ups and ways to biohack your life. 
We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which is a channel that originally started as an essential oils channel. And there's about 65 essential oils that are broken down over there. And then more recently, about two years ago, I just pivoted and made it more about female holistic health and naturopathic health because I'm a big proponent of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And lastly, we have the Confessions of an Obese Child feed, which I started in January 2017, which chronicles what it's like to be an overweight child. I was an overweight child and I lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for 30 plus years. So it's a channel, like if you have disordered eating or had a dysfunctional childhood, how to deal with that, how to how to function with that, and also discusses and I interview various people that have a similar background of dysfunctional childhood, binge eating, binge drinking, and how to deal with that. And there's a lot of great interviews over there. So those are the three other feeds at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. Now let's get back to the show. So. Regardless of what you think of Nolan, like Interstellar is not one of my favorite movies. I thought Tenet was was decent. Inception, you know, the thing about his movies is that they're they're highbrow, and at least they make you think. And if it's kind of a standalone by the books movie, kind of like Dunkirk, or if it's the Batman trilogy, he is a preeminent director. So anytime he does a movie, again, it's it's a big deal when he does a movie. And so that's definitely one of the movies that I would like to see. Even though I'm not really, I love history, which we'll talk about in a second, but, um, you know, 1930s, 1940s, you know, American history is not too big. I mean, I think of the WGN TV show uh, Manhattan that had come out maybe five years ago that got Rachel Brosnahan from uh, the uh, Amy Sherman Palladino show on Amazon, the um, Marvelous Miss Maisel got her break on that. So I don't know, it's, it's something just simply because of the directors. If you notice a lot of these choices, it's the directors. It's big directors releasing big movies. So that's my number four. My number three is going to be Dune. Denis Villeneuve's part two is coming out. Look, I'm not a big fan of Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. We've talked about it, May and I did. We both had them very high on our list of overrated actors. But that being said, this is a type of movie that's an ensemble. You look, they they have Rebecca Ferguson, and of course Oscar Isaac was in the original Zendaya, Chalamet, and they're bringing in uh, some big names. I mean, they're bringing in some real big names for the follow-up. So you're looking at Christopher Walken, you're looking at against Florence Pugh's, you know, getting a lot of run, you're looking at... Austin Butler. So they're bringing him in for the sequel. And the first movie, I, I just think just the way Villeneuve films movies is just amazing. He's just such a visual maestro. And the first Dune, I thought was amazingly filmed. I think it was a little too long, of course, because that's just the way movies are today. But it's a definite upgrade over the original Dune with Sting and Kyle MacLachlan. It, it was just a beautifully stunning movie. And this is definitely going to open up the Dune universe, so I am looking forward to it quite a bit. Number two is going to be Napoleon. Napoleon, played by Joaquin Phoenix. This is Napoleon Bonaparte, by the way, played by Joaquin Phoenix, and it's directed by Ridley Scott. So it has three things I love. I think Joaquin Phoenix is a crazy whack job, but he is a very gifted actor. And you got Ridley Scott. I mean, has anybody had a more varied uh, life of work, directorially speaking, than Ridley Scott? This guy's been making movies for 45 years now. And think of the seminal movies he's done. 
Alien, Blade Runner, Gladiator. The list goes on and on. He's even done rom-coms. The guy's a legend, and he's still prolific. And the main reason this is so high is simply because I love history, and I love 19th century history. And a, a straight-out bio on Napoleon Bonaparte, and by the way, Vanessa Kirby is playing Josephine's wife. Um, it, this is a catnip for me. I love history. I love it so much. And this is my favorite century of European history. After this would be 16th century history. So I, this is just perfect for me. Perfect for old man Boomer Gregory. This is a perfect movie for him. So that's why it's number two. And Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is going to own that role. I mean, he if you've seen pictures of it, he, you know, clearly Napoleon was very short, but he looks the part. And this is their first reunion since doing Gladiator when he played uh, Commodus. And number one is not going to be super hot take, but come on. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Tom Cruise. It's coming out this year, part one. I don't know if they finish part two. Maybe if he dies when filming this, he probably, <laughs> probably won't be a part two. But anytime a Mission Impossible movie comes out, you have to anticipate it. Cruise, of course, does his stunts. And I mean, let's be real. I mean, you can love Fast Furious, but Mission Impossible is the action franchise of our of our life really in the last 20 years james bond is great but i would say that in terms of the zeitgeist its peak was probably in the 70s and yeah with with daniel craig it did have a resurgence but the last few craig movies were not that good and speaking of uh, as we're recording this it looks like aaron taylor johnson is probably going to be the next james bond that's what it's looking like and i'm okay with that that choice i think he's a pretty gifted actor and i think may and i disagree on this but i think he was the, the only good thing that came out of bullet train but that's neither here nor there so mission impossible tom cruise i mean these movies are amazing they're visually stunning and um i mean they're anticipated it's, it's the most anticipating movie for me it would be napoleon but just in terms of what you'll get out of the movie making experience it's just going to be mission impossible so to review killers of the flower moon if it does come out that's scorsese and ferrari by michael mann air by ben affleck oppenheimer by christopher nolan barbie by greta gerwig napoleon by ridley scott i'm sorry uh dune part two by denis villeneuve Napoleon by Ridley Scott, Mission Impossible by Christopher McQuarrie, I think is the director of those. Those are my choices. Now there's two links in the episode notes, one's for PayPal, if you wanna make a donation, I have to pray the cost of this, of hosting on a server, I would appreciate $5 or whatever you'd like to donate. And lastly, there is a link to the website that hosts all the Gregorio, Eclectico Gregorio feeds. Until next time, take care, God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow The Rag today. Until next time.